You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Auburn is not a place. It is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than just a collegiate sports venue more than a university filled with historic buildings and more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid at the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. Welcome back to Auburn Roots. This is episode three on our journey of discovering the Auburn stories of the Auburn family. We keep the connection going in this episode with our last guest, Jeremy Henderson. We'll today be interviewing someone who was a part of the War Eagle Reader, uh, also worked with CBS Sports, but most importantly, is a very, very good member of the Auburn family. And that is my guest, Mr. Jerry Hennon. Jerry, thank you for joining us. I'm glad to be on, Kyle. Um, I had somebody ask me this week uh, if Jeremy and I were actually the same person, uh, which is actually not <laughs> the first time that's come up. Uh, you know, we both worked at the same site. Uh, we have the same uh, three letters to start each of our name. I've been called Jeremy, you know, basically as long as I've uh, been living in one uh, fashion or another. So, uh, you know, again, the same uh, syllables in some ways in the last name as well. So, uh, for anyone who is still confused, uh, having listened to last uh, the last Auburn Roots podcast and this one, uh, we are not, in fact, the same person. Lots of similarities. In fact, Jeremy and I worked at the same uh, Chevron subway on Wire Road uh, back in the uh, early 2000s. Uh, Jeremy worked the lunch shift. I worked the evening shift. Um, and so we actually only met each other once or twice. Uh, but we actually worked at the exact same subway in the Chevron on Wire Road for a brief period of time there. That's an interesting little connection. You know, everybody's got these unique stories that uh, connect them with some fond memory of Auburn. I just didn't think Chevron was going to come up for you and Jeremy as the <laughs> thing that bonds you two together and started your relationship going forward. That's just interesting. Uh, well, you know, it's the South, uh, it's Wire Road, uh, gas station food is part of the tap, you know, the wide ranging tapestry uh, of uh, Southern life and culture. So, uh, you know, that is one of the things that uh, have has binded, has bound the two of us together uh, in an extremely unlikely way, it seems. It's funny that you bring up Jeremy Henderson. I, I do want to ask you, do you consider that a, a privilege to be confused with him sometimes? 
Oh, absolutely. Jeremy, um, you know, has been one of the best prose artists on the Auburn football internet for a long, long, long time. There's a reason uh, he asked me uh, to start writing at uh, the Royal Garita, I think either 2008, 2009, I think it was mid-2009, I want to say, anyways, before I moved to CBS a little while later, and, you know, I, I said yes very quickly. I think our sort of pro strengths. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, we're similarities back in the day. Uh, he knew me from uh, the Joe Cribs car wash. If there's any long, long time or an internet folks out there, uh, you know, that was kind of where I got um, my feet wet in the Auburn internet uh, was at Joe Cribs car wash dot blogspot dot com uh, going all the way back to 2006 uh, with that. Um, anyway, so Jeremy knew my work. I knew his work. Uh, sort of at the proto War Eagle reader back in those days. Um, and, you know, it's uh, just between those similarities, the fact that we've always just gotten along uh, again through the internet, like despite the fact we worked at the same place, like I said, we only met in person uh, a couple of times, uh, but over the years, you know, sharing the same kind of internet space, um, you know, we got to know each other pretty well. And he's a phenomenal guy, still putting out phenomenal pieces of work, uh, you know, he had the story about the Auburn engineering folks working on ventilators, I think, and how to turn like an apnea machine into ventilators, yeah. which just came out, uh, you know, last couple of weeks. And again, was just a terrific piece. So, uh, you know, I, I don't mind being confused uh, for being Jeremy Henderson. Uh, you know, if somebody's confusing my work with the great work that he's putting out, um, I, I honestly, I take that as me doing something right. <laughs> that's, that's probably true there you know I had my my mind open I, th- I told him I thought I knew Auburn stuff until I talked to him and so now I feel like I'm unworthy uh, so if you want to go back and listen to that episode is the one before this episode too so for you listeners out there I haven't had a chance to listen to that but let's get into you Jerry before sure. we talk about your Auburn story in detail we've got to know a little bit about you personally if I had to sit you down on the couch and tell me your life story in a very quick summation Give me some perspective of where you come from, you know, family, all that kind of stuff. What if I needed to know Jerry in just a quick snippet, what would it be? Yeah. Well, um, I was raised in Dadeville, Alabama. Uh, and, you know, in some ways, who I am and what my life has been like is in some ways inseparable from Auburn and uh, Auburn fandom and the university and the community uh, there. I grew up, you know, in Dadeville, about 30 minutes from there when I was in high school. If my friends and I were going to go out on a Friday night, we were going to the bowling alley in Auburn. We were going to get some burgers at Niffers or touchdowns. Um, you know, we, uh, that was where we were going to go uh, when we were going to the city. You know, if you're in Dadeville, uh, you, you can't see me doing the air quotes. When I'm doing air quotes. When I'm talking. Uh, you know, Dadeville, um, you know, we got our fifth stoplight when I was in high school. It was a very big deal. Uh, so, you know, even it just being 30 minutes away, you know, going to Auburn, although at 40 minutes really because of speed limits at that time, uh, <laughs> making the drive up there, you know, that was sort of like the thing that we did. We were all Auburn fans because, you know, you're that close proximity. It just kind of happens, even if you don't grow up in an Auburn family, which I did. Um, anyway, so, you know, there was that. Um, eventually uh, came back to Auburn for graduate school. Um, you know, uh, moved away eventually now, ironically, uh, because of my wife's job, I'm living in Northport, Alabama, uh, deep in the heart of, yes, uh, very <laughs> deep crimson country. But um, yeah, I think people would be surprised, actually, at how 
much diversity uh, in fandom there is even here. And the nice thing about being in Northport is at least I'm on, we're on the other side of the river. Right. Uh, like the the really worst of it is uh still you know a 10 to 15 minute drive away um and it's you know there are parts of it i don't like but you know uh again it, it's been better than i expected when my wife said okay i think this is really what i want and i was kind of like you know okay deep breaths um you know we'll figure mm-hmm. this out uh but it is nice uh i've lived a couple of different places uh in ann arbor michigan for a little while on the navajo reservation in arizona for a little while uh, so being back in Alabama uh, has been great. Family around. Um, anyways, got a couple of kids. Uh, I left CBS a couple of years ago to become a stay-at-home dad for them. Um, and still, you know, uh, every year I tell myself I'm going to put more effort into writing for uh, the Warrior Reader. And it still happens occasionally. I'm still over there. You can find my byline every now and again. Uh, but that's pretty much who I am uh, at this point. Uh, would you like me, Kyle, to get into the whole how I became an Auburn fan thing. Yeah, I think that's the most uh, obvious thing here to kind of move forward yeah. into. And, and where do those roots begin for you? How does that start? Right. No, I am one of the people who, if there was not an Auburn university, I would literally not exist. Uh, my grandparents, <laughs> uh, like my grandfather on my mom's side, um, went to Auburn after coming back from World War II. Uh, and he met my grandmother there, uh, who was also an Auburn student at the time. Um, anyways, uh, he would go on to study fisheries and would actually teach, um, fisheries at Auburn university. Um, anyways, was a massive Auburn fan his whole life, not just, uh, football, but women's basketball was extremely important to him, uh, and my grandmother at a time when, uh, despite the fact that they went to three consecutive, uh, national championship games, it was still not really embraced as the big deal. It should have been. Um, I remember going to home games with, you know, just a couple other hundred fans. And my brother and I would do races around the very, very top row of Beardy's Coliseum, because obviously there's nobody up there. Um, And you would basically do laps uh, around the Coliseum while um, Vicky Orr and Linda Godby and crew were beating some hapless opponent 110 to 60. Um, So those were good times, Uh, you know, my grandparents supported the program to the point where I got to meet Mayola Bolton, May, uh, Ruthie Bolton, you know, the other players, uh, the great players of that era, and eventually went to the Final Four to watch the Auburn women uh, when they were in Knoxville in, I think, 1988. Uh, the, the year might be uh, wrong there, but I believe it was 1988 we went to Knoxville and got to see them beat Louisiana Tech that year. Uh, so, you know, uh, it goes back a ways. Uh, like, that was – who my grandparents were, you know, not just sort of like sports fans, not just people who got met, uh, who met up and eventually got married because of Auburn University, uh, but were invested in the community as a whole eventually. Like they had a house there. Like I said, my uh, grandfather taught at Auburn for a while. Uh, The Auburn Creed was read at his funeral a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, that was the kind of uh, family my mom grew up in, and it ended up being the kind of family I grew up in. Um, you know, uh, like I said, we ended up moving uh, when I was five to Dadeville, which again was about 30 minutes from Auburn. Um, and so Auburn's been a part of my life, you know, as long as there has been a life for me. Um, there was never a time, um, you know, when my fall Saturdays weren't built around college football in some fashion. Um, you know, again, living only 30 minutes, you know, uh, my parents took me to see 
uh, games. One of my very earliest sports memories uh, was going to see the Auburn-Florida game in 1985, uh, where unfortunately either Bo got hurt or um, had been injured early in the game or the week before, something like that. Um, and there were these really obnoxious Florida fans behind us. And I remember obnoxious that Florida really, fans. That's never happened before. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right. You know, complete shock. Really. I look back on it. Um, but I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, people root for teams other than Auburn. Like, how can this be? Like, you know, uh, my, you know, let's see, six year old mind had not yet broadened enough to accommodate the concept that there could be people who would root for football teams other than Auburn. I guess on some level I knew on an abstract, I knew that these people existed as an abstract concept, but to see them actually like in the flesh behind me, like my mind was just completely blown. And so that game has always like stood out in my mind as being like, oh, uh, you know, that was a major turning point as like a sports fan is like, oh, there are these other people out there rooting for other teams. And this is really weird. So, you know, again, I was six, as best I can remember, when that game happened. And, you know, so that's as long as I have been an Auburn fan. There's never been a point where um, this wasn't something I was living and breathing. And, you know, um, I've gone on and, you know, grown up and I've got a lot of sports interests. I'm one of those guys who, um, you know, if there are stakes in a sporting event and they are high enough, I'm going to watch it. I watch the Olympics. <laughs> I am a huge Huddersfield town, uh, fan of the, you know, soccer club in England, which if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably gotten sick of me tweeting about them by now, but I do it anyway, because they're great. Um, you know, I was following Auburn basketball, you know, uh, even during the Jeff Lebo years, even during the Tony Barbie era, um, maybe not living and dying with them, but I knew, you know, I was watching the games and reading the box scores and, um, you know, it, it's just always been there. One of the earliest memories, again, uh, of any sporting event um, was Chuck Persons, you know, 1986 team uh, was the one that made the Elite Eight, I think, and lost to uh, Louisville and Purvis Ellison. And I can remember crying in, you know, my parents' living room because, it was clear that Auburn was not going to beat Louisville, that they were going to lose, and that was going to be the end of the tournament. And it's just, you know, here come the tears. Um, and, you know, again, this is when we talk about Auburn roots and, you know, how I became an Auburn fan, um, you know, I don't have a great particular story about it. Like, it's just always been there. Like, hmm. as long as I've been wearing clothes, as long as I can remember <laughs> using a fork, um, you know, as long as I can remember being me, uh, I've been an Auburn fan and Auburn has been a part of who I am. Um, and, you know, it's brought me so much frustration over the years, but also so much joy, um, it, you know, in particularly when we talk about Auburn as a community and, you know, um, you know, the word family gets thrown around, maybe even a little bit too much, even for my taste, but in so many ways, uh, the connection that I know I have with Auburn as a community, as a university, um, you know, as a sports fandom is so similar to so many other people's. In some ways, I think that really is the best word for it. Uh, and I'm extremely happy that that's been the way my life has played out. Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, you said you've been an Auburn fan your whole life. There never was a question outside of that. And I think that's a lot of people's stories. But for instance, even my wife, she was not necessarily an Alabama fan, but her family was. And she had to find reasons to fall in love with Auburn. And now she'll never go back. But it's, it's, it's a common story that a lot of people grew up this way. And it's been bred in them. Can you think of like a moment 
in your childhood or even just even it can even be recently where it really clicked in your mind this is what it means to be part of the Auburn family is there like a, a game a, a meeting yeah. that you had on campus off campus is there something that sticks out to you that really signifies what it means to be a member of the Auburn family that's a good question um you know I for a long time I've said like the first great game I attended in person um or at least, you know, that really kind of stands out that I remember uh, was Terry Bowden upsetting Florida in 93, you know, where he had the big, um, I can't remember the player off the fan, but, you know, the 90-plus yard uh, mm-hmm. intercept return that kind of turned that game around when it looked like uh, that one was going to slip away. And, you know, Spurrier had beaten us so many times, like so badly, uh, you know, over the past couple of years, starting in 90. And, you know, it felt like that game was about to get away from them again. Um, and then that interception return, you know, just kind of changed so many things. Like that was, you know, we'd had the difficulty of Dye's, you know, the Ramsey thing and Dye's last couple of years not really being up to what we were all used to. Like, you know, in my lifetime, like Auburn football was always extremely successful. Like the earliest memories I have, again, were like, Jackson winning the Heisman and three consecutive Sugar Bowls, um, you know, and uh, for, you know, those couple of years at the end of the die era where things just weren't going the way they were supposed to felt completely alien. This is what happens when you're growing up in your, you know, football team just year in and year out, you know, uh, does really great things and is in contention for the SEC championship and this sort of thing. Um, so that moment, that particular game uh you know with Etheridge's field goals and that interception return has always really stood out as being one where um I was in the stadium with all the other Auburn fans and I think I wasn't the only one who felt like that that felt like something had changed for the better right at that moment and then all of us felt it that way that game has always stood out for me for a long long time but the other thing I would say um and I'm not sure if it would be a particular game or a particular moment, but it would be the fall of 2010. And uh, a lot of things happened right then in a very short uh, period of time. 2009, uh, my wife and I, as I mentioned, we had moved to the Navajo Reservation. That happened in fall of 2009. Um, and we were suddenly, you know, as the crow flies, you know, I don't know, maybe 1,500 miles from Auburn, 1,500 miles from Alabama, and mm-hmm. like my parents and my family. Um, and so, you know, Auburn football, even though it was on the television and even though it was on my satellite TV package, um, you know, became the further away I got, it sort of felt like the more important it became because I could feel this tether, uh, through the TV with, you know, Auburn band. I can hear the songs, you know, even, behind you know Vern and Gary you know dithering on or whatever uh announcers were taking the you know the uh ESPN game or whatever I can hear the band I can hear the chants I can see the players I know those uniforms um you know that I it felt I wanted to hug the television at times because uh, as much as I enjoyed our time out there for a lot of reasons um it wasn't home um and this was home there on the television I could you know sense the experience of being there in Jordan-Hare Stadium even if I wasn't there um and like I said it felt like a tether it felt like a piece of home that was with me on my television 
uh, even out there in a place that, again, you know, in terms of distance was, you know, X number of miles. In terms of sort of, uh, you know, on a cultural level, uh, if you've ever visited the Navajo Reservation, you know what I'm talking about, or any probably Native American reservation in this country, it's, it really is kind of a different country in some ways. Now, not in a lot of important ones, uh, but there are just so many problems. The area is so rural. I mean, we talk about Alabama being rural. Uh, if you're out there uh, and you're driving 90 minutes because you need a shower curtain, uh, our dentist was three hours away. Uh, the airport we went to was four. Um, that's rural. It was a different kind of rural. And so the fall 10, like, so that's the background. Uh, and then the 2010 season starts. Um, my wife is expecting with our first daughter. Uh, anyways, and Cam starts doing Cam things. Uh, I remember <laughs> the run, the run against Arkansas State, really, where he just kind of like, you know, scrambled left and nobody was out there. And Arkansas State couldn't even get on the screen with him. Like, he was so far gone. Uh, you know, it was like, okay, this guy is something completely unique. And I think we kind of knew that, like, a little bit after A-Day, uh, a little bit with the reports that have been coming out. But I remember that run in particular thinking, like, this is a weapon, uh, the likes of which we haven't really seen uh, for a while and knowing what we knew then about Gus Malzahn's offense having seen it do some pretty remarkable things with Chris Todd uh, at quarterback to have that weapon at quarterback um, already felt like at the very least it was going to be an entertaining season mm -hmm. um, and so you know that connection that I talked about you know kind of deepened as the season goes along eventually you know we've got all kind of the off-field stuff uh, but, uh, my wife, uh, you know, eventually goes into labor. We have uh, our first daughter. She's happy and healthy. All of that is great. Um, you know, I remember coming out of the hospital to check my email just briefly. Uh, I, I could walk to and from the hospital. My wife, uh, in healthcare. She was working there. Um, so I walked home, checked my email, talked to my parents who would come, you know, out, uh, for the occasion and watched like a little bit of the ULM game, <laughs> which fortunately it wasn't a big game that particular weekend and checked my email. And I actually had an email from CBS sports asking if I was interested uh, in interviewing for this position they had open. Um, so in the space of just like a few weeks, um, you know, my daughter was born uh, Auburn, like beat LSU in one of the most amazing games I've ever seen, particularly with Cam Newton. Uh, and I got, you know, an offer uh, for a, the sort of job that I'd always dreamed of having. Like I was going to be paid uh, to be a full-time college football writer, which is obviously, you know, something um, I, I, I don't know if I would say I specifically dreamed about it in fourth grade. But I remember thinking in fourth grade that I wanted to write books for a living, which is, you know, about like, you know, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I wanted to write words and have people read them. And so somebody was offering me that. All of that happened in a very short span of time. Um, and so the season goes on. Uh, you know, they beat Georgia. They're going to go to the SEC championship game. Uh, and the Iron Bowl, um, you know, we actually flew back uh, with my daughter uh, to my parents' place. And we're watching the Iron Bowl there. And I'm trying desperately to type tweets for my job, even as, like, I – cannot really keep it together emotionally <laughs> um and, and 
you know, finally uh, they have the cam back and, um, you know, Alabama's past to the end of the game. I remember you kind of knew the game was over at that point, but then it was really like over, over. And after everything, like the move in, you know, uh, my daughter being born, it was just like this really moment of just absolute total joy where it's like this entire fall uh, feels like it has been building up to this. And all of that is a very long way to say that doesn't happen. Like that particular moment where everything gets brought together in one particular moment, there's really not a better word for it, um, doesn't happen without Auburn football. And it doesn't happen without Auburn. Like I could be an Auburn football fan and it would matter. But because of the Auburn community and the university, the institution, the people I've met there, the friends I've made, all of this stuff, that makes Auburn football matter more. And then Auburn football gets wrapped up into the rest of my life, all this other stuff. And it all just kind of meets in this one, you know, uh, phenomenal, you know, just sort of like flash of white light in some ways uh, at the end of that 2010 season um, where it all just kind of comes together in this perfect way. And, you know, that moment is obviously always really stuck with me in some ways, even more so than Glendale. I, I did, again, because I was living in Arizona <laughs> at the time, uh, got to make a fairly straightforward five-hour drive south the day of the national championship game uh, to see them beat Oregon. And don't get me wrong, that was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, one of the absolute sort of bucket list things I still remember watching Auburn run out onto the field for that game and sort of being in shock because in some ways I expected to get up there in my seat and then some other teams actually run out of the tunnel. Like, you know, it felt like this wasn't really going to happen for Auburn um, where they would actually play in that kind of game. Uh, and, but as amazing as that experience was uh, still, you know, the week by week, connection between myself and my home and my family all sort of coming together in that iron bowl uh is something i will absolutely treasure for the rest of my life when you know not never forget sells it short well of course i'm not going to forget it i remember my seventh grade locker combination i'm gonna of course i'm never <laughs> gonna forget it uh, but you know it, it just went way beyond that and so i would say that is is the moment that i look on and say you know this is why I'm thankful uh, that I've been part of this community and I've been part of this fandom uh, and that I grew up in the place that I grew up with the people I grew up with, um, you know, because it all can come together in that particular way. Uh, and it's going to mean something special to me for the rest of my life. You know, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this, it's, it's becoming more and more clear to me because I, I thought I was the, one of the few ones that thought of this concept of the whole of the Auburn experience. Uh, Auburn football is a big, big, big part of that. And it's always going to be. It's, it's in some ways you can describe it as the heart of it. But, you know, the whole of the Auburn experience encompasses more than sports and encompasses more than the school, encompasses more than, you know, you name it. It's, it's a lot of things that coalesce into one community and I love what you described there the tether I've never heard it described that way before and I think that's a very appropriate way to kind of describe your experience especially being so far away in terms of locality to the actual physical yeah. location of Auburn Auburn was still there with you in Navajo territory in Arizona where you can get to a dentist in three hours you're still able to find this connection 
that no one else outside the Auburn family can understand. And I think that's why a lot of people try to have a hard time explaining it themselves, but even people outside of our community to understand exactly what it is. And I, and I think too, if I may for a second here, go back to the women's basketball thing you're talking about. You know, I haven't heard a lot of people uh, talk about their connection with women's basketball. And, you know, you know the big names, you know, Vicki Orr, Ruthie Bolton. But, you know, you had these memories of running around in Beardy's Memorial Coliseum, not just for, you know, just because you were there for men's basketball, but for the women's basketball game that sometimes gets overlooked and it shouldn't be. And that's really cool. I love the fact that you have uh, that memory there. I think Coach Flo was a really strong hire. Her record at Georgetown was really strong. Um, I love the way her teams play. Yep. Uh, again, the teams that I grew up watching under Joe Champy were pressure teams. Uh, they were 90 miles an hour, force you to turn the ball over, go the other way, um, you know, press the life out of you, Nolan, Richards, you know, Nolan Richardson style, 40 minutes of hell type teams. That was what Joe Champy did. Um, and so when Flo was hired, I, it felt like a connection to that heyday. Um, I still love the idea of a press. I love watching a successful press. There is really nothing right in basketball. And we don't see it as much because, um, you know, just modern kind of basketball offenses have adapted to it a little bit too well. You know, we saw Mike Anderson go to Arkansas and just, you know, even he – a direct Nolan Richardson disciple who'd had a lot of success uh, with his press at UAB with Missouri. It just, it didn't work at Arkansas anymore. And there's a moment, you know, it happened all the time for those champion teams. We have seen it occasionally with coach flows teams where uh, they really just get the boot onto their opponent and they don't know what's happening. And we saw it, you know, to some extent, uh, the, you know, the men under Pearl can do this. And we, you know, we even saw it against Kansas in particular is one that comes to mind where just the tempo that they play with is so great that the opponent simply cannot stay with it. Um, and Jared Harper, you know, was really the absolute maestro of that. And, you know, at times it's felt like Flo has been one sort of Jared Harper away where we can find somebody to really kind of be the tip of the spear, uh, you know, for uh, the press and Flo's, you know, terms or Pearl, maybe just a little bit more of a kind of uh, up-tempo, attack-you-all-the-time offensive onslaught uh, rather than defensive. Uh, and it felt like Flo has not quite found that player. She's found some great players. I Again, I love the way Flo's teams play. Uh, I think, you know, um, she's been a lot of fun to have around in terms of her personality. A lot of the time she will give it to you straight, gave it to us a little bit too straight after the end of the season <laughs> where she said basically – that the players she'd recruited hadn't lived up to their rankings, more or less. I'm paraphrasing there. That was a little bit too straight. I, I could kind of do without, you know, maybe starting to point the fingers at the players. Um, but at the same time, I understand that she's beyond frustrated because there are other programs like a Mississippi State, like a Kentucky, uh, you know, even South Carolina, uh, you know, before Don Staley was not much of a program. You know, these programs don't have Auburn's history as a women's basketball school. Uh, that Champy gave them, that foundation. Uh, you know, they don't have necessarily a Duana Bonner uh, that they can point and say, hey, you come here, you know, you can become a WNBA, not just like play in the WNBA, but be an all-star, uh, you know, be a champion, um, you know, uh, there with that great Nell Fortner team a few years ago. You know, that's the kind of potential that this Auburn women's basketball program has. Yeah, you know, I love Coach Flo, like just to kind of, 
piggyback off of what you said. I love her defense. I love her attitude in, in terms of, you know, a little, little too direct at times maybe for some people's taste. For me, that's kind of what I grew up with, so that's why I really connect yeah. with her. She is someone that I would really love to be coached by. And what I'm getting a grasp of here is how well-suited you were not only for your writing role but for your writing of sports and your ability to discuss it, to remember things, to talk about that things. And so that's what I want to move into a little bit next. So we already touched on the War Eagle Reader a little bit for you, um, but maybe describe to me what really drew you to a a very unique uh, internet source of Auburn material. And and I do mean unique. I mean, only in this location can you get conversations about Auburn Shrieking, which I, I didn't learn about until... Yeah, I was talking to Jeremy Anderson, <laughs> but I got to say, you know, it's grown my appreciation even more for that publication and yeah. the exploration of Auburn. Right. We can try to define it all we want, but if you keep exploring, you're going to find some interesting <laughs> things. So what drew you to want to be a part of such an awesome place? Well, of course. Um, well, Jeremy Henderson, you know, uh, as a dude, uh, as we discussed earlier, um, is just the sort of guy that if you are writing about Auburn on the internet, uh, as I was, I think by that point, I'd been doing the Joe Cribs car wash for, um, I want to say three years by the time, uh, Jeremy asked if I was interested in, uh, sort of lifting up my tent poles and moving over to TWER. Um, you know, uh, if you've read Jeremy's stuff, then you know, you know what he's about and you know how talented he is. Um, and again, I, I thought just, we were very kind of simpatico in terms of our approach to things. Um, you know, definitely <laughs> biased in the right way in terms of, you know, making uh, very clear where we stand in terms of our Auburn fandom, but also not necessarily uh, turning off, um, you know, our sort of logical brains when it comes to Auburn football uh, in particular, you know, trying to sort of be as rational as we can about it when we need to be, but also putting on the great big giant uh, you know, Auburn diehard hats when that is also called for. Um, and, you know, I think Jeremy had a certain storytelling approach that he obviously brings a narrative approach. Um, or as I was doing a little bit more kind of a blogging thing, uh, if you go back, you can still, the Joe Cribs Car Wash archives are still there. Uh, if you want to <laughs> Google it up, Google Joe Cribs Car Wash and you will find, uh, you know, uh, the things I put up back in the day, some of which I'm still kind of proud of some of which I w- wish I maybe could have used a little judicious editing, let's say, um, you know, but uh, I, I think, you know, I've always tried to um, approach things, you know, from that sort of rational perspective, but also from at least in terms of uh, the writing, you know, being creative and, you know, just putting the stuff uh, I learned part of which, you know, uh, I learned at Auburn's grad school, uh, you know, I, I got my, uh, master's in English from Auburn University, uh, you know, learned a lot of things there, uh, which I tried to, you know, put to use uh, in writing the blog and in writing, um, you know, it, it just always seemed a very nice fit uh, between what Jeremy was doing and what I was doing. Um, and at the time, um, you know, the thing about moving to Arizona uh, in the middle of absolute nowhere uh, is that uh, there aren't actual jobs waiting for you there. So you have plenty of time uh, to sit down <laughs> and blog about Auburn football for uh, multiple hours a day, uh, at least until your child gets born. So, um, you know, it, it was something I was always, you know, really excited to do. Um, you know, I think uh, sort of the partnership, you know, for the readers, I think 
most of them would tell you that it worked out pretty well. Uh, and so I'm always really happy, uh, you know, that it worked out that way. And I'm happy that I'm still able to say, um, you know, that the site's still around and that uh, my career bio says occasional emphasis on the occasional, but occasional War Eagle reader contributor. Yeah. Well, and you know, what I love, like I said, is the unique stories out of there. And you know, you said you didn't want to get into some of your ones where you were a little bit more judicial with your editing on it, but uh, you know, what, is there an interesting story that you worked on for the Uyghur reader that sticks out in your mind that maybe people might should go back and check out? Uh, um, I, I was always proud of the recaps that I would do. These were a particular um, sort of week back. Uh, I, I started it. Uh, uh, the Joe Cribbs car wash and continue doing them uh, for Oregon Reader where uh, I would go back and watch the uh, game from the previous Saturday and just kind of do a running sort of commentary on it, uh, you know, quarter by quarter in some ways possession by, by lots of jokes, uh, sort of trying to recreate the emotional feel of the game as well. Lots of all caps and exclamation points <laughs> at the end of the exciting uh, to sort of recreate that. Uh, but I also did one, um, you know, maybe anyone who's listening, uh, you could do some Googling of it. Uh, but uh, ESPN Classic, if you remember that there was an ESPN Classic, uh, aired the 1982 Iron Bowl uh, in the absolute monsoon in Legion Field, uh, where Bo really just kind of broke loose and just ended Alabama, just drove them into the ground. Uh, but there were also a lot of little things in that game. There was one uh, where um, the punter, I'm, I'm, Lewis Colbert may have been his name, but I may be getting my ears mixed up. Anyways, the punter from that game, there is a snap in this monsoon that basically dribbled off the turf. And uh, anyways, he basically somehow corrals this terrible punt or terrible snap. And with several tied players bearing in on him to, blocked the punt, and it almost certainly would have been a touchdown the other way, and we'd have these horrible punt Auburn punt bumper stickers afterwards. You can just <laughs> see this disaster unfolding in front of your eyes, and he somehow gets it off, and it rolls, you know, uh, a good 30 to 40 yards. I want to say it was like ended up inside the 20, uh, and I just tried to describe that as best I could in this recap. Uh, and then uh, the punter, again, I think it's Lewis Colbert, if I'm remembering his name correctly. Um, either left a comment or email or did something to show his appreciation. Maybe this was on Twitter later and he did, I don't remember, but somehow uh, let it be known uh, in my direction that he appreciated, uh, you know, my efforts to uh, commemorate this punt. And he clearly, you know, seemed a little bit proud of himself and justifiably so, because this was a tremendous job, like one of the more clutch punts, uh, certainly in Auburn history. And so, uh, these recap posts, um, you know, were one of the things that I was proud of. And so that one in particular kind of stands out as one that clearly meant something to somebody. Uh, and so, um, I, you know, I think it was a good reflection of what I tried to do. Um, I, I'm not a journalist. Uh, I'm not a guy who, I, like, I played one for a while at the Demopolis Times and at a couple of newspapers in Michigan. Uh, where I had my notebook and I went out and I got quotes and this did this kind of stuff. Um, but that's not really, I think, my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is making ridiculous jokes and metaphors. And um, I do remember one particular phrase uh, that, again, somebody complimented. And so, um, you know, 
I, I remember. I think it was the Mississippi State game from, I want to say 2010. And I think I said that Nick Fairley did not have a whale of a game. He had a crocodile sea monster the size of a bus game. <laughs> of a game. Um, and, you know, that's the sort of phrase that if you ask me, like, okay, what are my strengths as an Auburn internet writer? Uh, I would say uh, that sort of ludicrousness is uh, where I'm coming from. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of great guys on the Auburn beat. Uh, there's a lot of great Auburn bloggers out there still. Uh, not as many as there used to be. Uh, as it turns out, there's not a lot of money in it. So there's not as many of us cranking out thousand-word posts uh, on uh, blogspot.com or wordpress.com sites these days. But um, to the extent, uh, you know, that I was able to contribute, uh, those sorts of posts, those sorts of phrases are the things I felt like I was best suited to contribute. And again, you know, if I had to pick another guy who I would say, you know, is capable of doing that kind of thing, uh, I would point to Jeremy Henderson. And that's yeah. uh, why our, you know, not really a partnership anymore as much as once every five months I sit down and write something on his site why we're still uh, using the same internet address let's put it that way well it goes back to a tether doesn't it you just can't escape you know you may be occasional but he just always pulls you back in doesn't matter how many times you try hey Auburn fans I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2Cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. We discussed also a little bit the beginning to write for CBS when that happened for you and your time in Arizona yeah. you know you're going from an Auburn centric type of publication to yeah. a more general type of publication yes. tell me from a person like you that obviously admits that tried to be as unbiased as an orange and blue glass covered guy can be but what's that like I mean what's that world like when you're trying to step into a bigger pond outside of Auburn well it's you know, again, it just comes down to having that hat that you can take on and put, uh, take off and put on. And um, there were times like, you know, uh, for the most part, I think Auburn fans understood that one or two every now and again, have a little, you know, somebody mentioned on Twitter, like, oh, you call yourself an Auburn fan and yet you're 
predicting Auburn to not cover the spread against this particular team this Saturday. And it's like, well, uh, no, I, I'm kind of not. I'm sort of being paid to <laughs> pick the games as best as I can. And, you know, this is my logical, rational way of looking at it. Um, you know, it, um, what really I think when it came to Auburn, you know, um, you know, being critical of Auburn is not necessarily a problem uh, for uh, from a fan perspective. Like I know, and you know, and everybody knows lots and lots and lots of Auburn fans who are happy to be critical of our football program at every oh, yeah. possible opportunity. Uh, so, you know, the, the critical part uh, is not a problem. And, you know, for the most part, you know, just sort of rashly saying, okay, uh, here's what Auburn did well when they did things well, that wasn't the problem um, where, uh, there would be like sort of broader issues uh, amongst our readers would be if it was time to, okay, some uh, news story develops out of Tuscaloosa and it's not the most flattering news story. And now just because this is my job, I have to write about this in a potentially negative light. And now it's, Oh, the Auburn fan is taking a shot um, at, you know, Alabama or at Nick Saban or whatever. Um, And when possible, I would try to pass those off to like my colleagues, but sometimes it wasn't. Um, and so, you know, that you know, felt a little bit awkward, but I tried just to do the best I could do. And I felt like saying, look, I'm an Auburn fan, but this is my record. This is what I have written. Uh, this is the person I have been, you know, as a professional in this, you know, business industry for however long. Um, and I'm just going to do the best I can do. And I think that is a better approach from a journalistic, you know, CBS sports kind of perspective. I think it's better for me to say, yes, like this is who I am. This is who I root for. I am an Auburn fan, but you know, I can still be objective. I can still do my job professionally uh, and let the reader sort of understand that rather than take a different perspective, which I think a lot of people do once they start writing for us, you know, uh, a nationwide outlet where they say, Oh, well, uh, you know, I'm this perfectly objective observer and I have no more uh, affiliations or biases or whatever, which is just simply not the case. Like you graduate from a, a Tennessee or a Georgia or a wherever, uh, that's going to stick with you and you're not going to be able to just completely uh, divest yourself of all of that. And I was just always completely uninterested in pretending to divest myself of that. I'm an Auburn fan. Uh, I would do, you know, radio hits as part of the job from time to time. And I would be up front. I would say I'm an Auburn fan, but you know, this is what I think. Um, and hopefully, uh, my judgment would stand on its own. Sometimes it did. Sometimes it didn't, uh, you know, uh, and, and that's really just, I thought was the best way to approach the job. And that's what I really appreciate about you is that you were honest about it and say, Hey, look, this, this is my orange and blue color glasses. They're on, but I can pull them up and have a conversation about something. Uh, I think that's a very admirable quality in you just to be completely honest because you, you know, not nobody in particular, but you just, you see a lot of times in national sports where there's a pretty evident bias somewhere and they might have some history with a school and they don't really kind of call that out. And so it kind of doesn't come across as very, uh, you know, honest for lack of a better word right. at times. So I yeah. do appreciate that you are so adamant about your Auburn fan. And it obviously endears you towards the Auburn family. And I know that you had to deal with a couple of those Auburn fans that just couldn't take you being objective it's, from time to time. <laughs> that's, it comes with the territory. Like, uh, it's the internet, you know, every fan base is going to have 
a couple of people, especially on Twitter, you know, on the internet where, you know, we can just say, you know, whatever the heck we want to whoever we want. Right. And there's no consequences for it. They're not real people. They're just people on the internet. Right. It doesn't count. You can insult them and say terrible things about their families all day. They're not real people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, but, I've always said that Twitter can be your greatest ally or your greatest enemy. And it, it's proven daily by that. <laughs> a daily basis. <laughs> it is. It is something interesting. It is something that we can use to our advantage, but it, man, we use it to our defeat a lot of times. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I really love your story. I love the history that you had awesome. with, um, you know, obviously growing up as an Auburn fan, the travels that it's taken you, you know, to the Navajo nation and back you've experienced, you know, some of the, the greatest moments in the modern Auburn history and some, and even, yep. even a little bit earlier than that. than some people uh, might've experienced or have a lot of knowledge about. And so I think that wrapping that all up together makes you a great uh, addition to this podcast here to really just hone in on experiences, what wraps up into the whole of the Auburn experience. And what I like to do Jerry with all my guests is to give some rapid fire questions here at the end. And I say rapid fire, uh, but you can take as much time to explain yourself if you need to, because most people have had needed to explain it or work their way through it. Um, right. So you take whatever route you need to get to the answer. I just need an answer. Uh, sure. So let's start with this. And these are all Auburn related. Orange or blue? Oh, man. Blue. Uh, it's got to be navy. Um, I, I like orange as the secondary color. I, I'm I, I'm not a huge fan of the always theorized orange uh, alternate uniforms I'm, I'm i'm pretty much i think auburn's uniforms are the best in college football and i i feel like you know obviously there's some bias in that but i think also objectively um navy blue with burnt orange you know as the secondary color is the best possible color combination out there and we do it better than virginia does it uh our blue is better than florida's blue um, it was very confusing. I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan for a little while, and this is obviously the opposite of a rapid fire answer. Uh, I lived <laughs> in Ann Arbor for a while, uh, and I was very confused the first couple of weeks I was there because I saw people walking around with navy shirts and orange trim that said tigers across them, uh, but it wasn't in the right font. And I was like, something is really weird about this. And it took me like a month before I realized, oh, those are the Detroit Tigers colors. Like the baseball team, like they also are navy with orange trim, and they're the Tigers. And I was just so confused because, like, it happened like regularly. Like, I'm I got one or two weird looks where I'm just like staring at this person's shirt as they're like walking by, and I'm like, was I don't know Auburn fan? They don't really like. It doesn't really seem like Auburn gear I've ever seen before, but it's orange and blue, and it has Tigers on it. Yeah. Uh, what's going on here? It, it, it was really a solid several weeks. Also, there's a Birmingham, like just outside of Detroit, uh, which is also so confusing. Wait, Jerry, are you telling me there's another Tigers team that has orange or blue colors? I thought we were the only ones. I mean, because the no. world revolves around us. It does. It does. <laughs> it was a very, like I said, an unsettling realization. I, I go back and forth on that one all the time. I just can't make up my mind on this one. Here's a tough one for you. Obby or War Eagle? That's War Eagle. Again, to me, this is, don't get me wrong, Aubie, I think, does a phenomenal job as a mascot. I really like that we have a real tiger uh, who cannot take off his head for Lee Corso, of course. Like, this is very important. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm glad 
that we have an actual like uh, anthropomorphic tiger and not just some guy in a costume. Um, but it's the war eagle. Like we have the eagle that actually like circles the stadium and lands on the field and eats rats and um, <laughs> that that's where it's at. I'm I'm definitely 100% live animal mascot team live animal mascot that eats other animals. That's that's a great way of looking at it. Auburn fight song or glory to old Auburn. Oh man. Um it's got it it it's, it's got to be the Auburn fight song. Um glory glory to old Auburn is great, but uh other schools including one in particular that we play once a year in the next state over also like to use the same tune. Um which doesn't mean that we shouldn't use it. Like, you know, again, the roots of college football are so stupidly interconnected all over the place, especially in the Southeast. Uh, they are in other parts of the country, too. But um, anyways, the Auburn fight song is only Auburn's and glory, glory to a Auburn. Uh, you know, still, it's it's a little bit of like a our spin on it as opposed to uniquely Auburn. So definitely got to go with the fight song there. You know, I will argue, though, that I think our spelling fits that. Oh, uh, clearly. That melody oh, yeah, yeah, way yeah, better yeah, than yeah. anybody no, else's. We have the superior version. Like yes. there's no, there's absolutely zero doubt about that. And it, you know, uh, I, I wrote poetry when I was an undergrad and, you know, in grad school as well. So scansion is a big, big deal for me. And yes, like the spelling for us is we have the superior version. I'm, I'm absolutely 100. You can't see it, but I'm like trying to give you a fist bump for that, for pointing that out <laughs> right now. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, I still just, I got to go with the fight song. Fight song is hours and hours alone. Favorite Auburn athletics program. Favorite program. Um, <laughs> and and when I I need to clarify because Jeremy I can confuse him. Not we're talking about the booklet. We're talking about the sports program. Which program? Right. Which, which <laughs> one of the, he he oh, well, started going well. <laughs> to like 1980. That one was a pretty right, good I was issue. Say uh, the, the Phil Neal 1989 Iron Bowl program. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick, uh, you know football or basketball um man that you know it's a really difficult one because as a sport aesthetically i like basketball better um this is a really realization i've come to just kind of in the last couple of years like it's just kind of faster paced um you know uh i i understand that violence is an inextricable part of football but at the same time it feels like the last several years we've had more like, Oh, well, they're getting the stretcher out and you know, the kids lying on the field and he can't move. Um, you know, it's just like, I understand that that's part of it and football is a part of me and that's not going to change. I'm just going to have to like deal with this. Uh, but from an aesthetic perspective, just for that and a lot of other reasons, uh, you know, I, I've, I've come to really like basketball a little bit better. That being said, uh, I'm still a football guy. Um, you know, Auburn football's, you know, above every other sport, you know, and again, I have interest in all of them. I watch a ton of curling, Kyle. Like I, curling. there's this uh, curling. Yeah. yeah. You know, the sport with the, uh, with the brooms big and rocks the and on them, you know, that's in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. I stayed up to 5 a.m., you know, during the last Olympics watching the U.S. win the gold. Right there uh, with you. I, I, I'm still watching it like during the winter. Like, you know, it's just, it's sports, man. It's sports. Um, and these guys are so into their curling, but for all of that, like, you know, uh, football is my first love and it's still my biggest love. And I, I just, uh, I, I can't quit it. Um, and Auburn football, you know, on a fall Saturday at Jordan Hare stadium 
with the green of that grass underneath us and you know those blue forms I talked about and it's that to me is the perfect sports experience and you know again the emotion that gets tied up in it um you know it is I wouldn't say that part is necessarily different from the Auburn basketball team like the run that Bruce Pearl's team made last year and winning that Kentucky game without Chumil Kiki um you know, was on an emotional plane with anything that's happened with Auburn football, uh, but still just sort of as a communal experience, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think I would still have to go with Auburn football. If you ask me, like, you know, aliens are going to come and, like, just, you know, say, all right, here's an edict. Like, Auburn can only play football or basketball uh, for the rest of this university's existence, or otherwise we will come back and zap you all with ray guns. Uh, <laughs> And so you only get to play one from now on. I think I would still be on a team. Let's keep playing football. That was a pretty drastic scenario there, but Hey, you know, these days, nothing is true, pretty far out of reach. So, you know, we'll we'll be looking out for that to happen in the future. How about your favorite Auburn athlete? Favorite Auburn athlete, man, that's, you know, the re this may be the recency bias talking here, but man, Jared Harper, I would take an absolute bullet to the liver for that guy. Um, (laughs) Like to see him do the things he did and accomplish the things he accomplished at Auburn as a kid that you know would have been off to Kentucky or Duke or Kansas if he had been two inches taller. Like, we're not even talking like, oh, if he'd been four inches taller, if he'd been two inches taller and been six, two, six, three with his hops uh, and skills, uh, he would have been off to some, you know, giant one and done you know, basketball factory. Uh, He wasn't, uh, he came to Auburn and made himself into one of the best players in America. Not that like lots of national press noticed, which I promised to give up that grudge sometime in the fall of 2044 uh, (laughs) is on the calendar for that. Um, But you know what he did and what he meant to that program, uh, you know, again, if you're one of these guys who's been paying attention to Auburn men's basketball for like the last 20 years, uh, you know, basically ever since, you know, Chris Porter and those guys left, um, you know, to build Auburn's program up, not just, you know, as like a one and done kind of thing, uh, you know, like, again, we had that one sort of, you know, comet across the sky year with Dewana Bonner uh, and those guys under Neil Fortner with the women um, to not just have a year like that, but really build a program like that Bruce Pearl uh, has built and you know all so much credit goes to Pearl for everything he's done but he, he has to have the players and he has to have players like Jared Harper who are willing to come somewhere and say you know I doesn't matter that I'm shorter than six feet tall I'm going to make this happen through my sheer force of will and you know took that team along with Brown and all the other guys uh, all the way, you know, they were so close to a freaking national championship and would have done it if Chuma hadn't hurt himself, uh, which I'm never going to get over that for like, if I'm still alive past 2044, I'll give up the like (laughs) complaints about Jared Harper's treatment in the press. I'm never getting over Chuma getting hurt. Um, You know, so I I could pick so many other people, uh, you know, from Cam, Nick Marshall, Cody Burns, uh, who's my Twitter avatar, like Cody's, you know, his speech that he gave, uh, you know, uh, for that 2019 is always going to, you know, is always going to be one of my favorite Auburn moments. Um, but right now, if you ask me to pick one guy, uh, who I'm just so proud to say, I'm just delighted that that guy ever set foot 
uh, on Auburn's campus. It would be Jared Harper. Shout out Casey Cooper, too, who, like, you know, basically oh, did yeah. the same thing about softball. You know, I, I love that pick, uh, but I am definitely giving you a fist, virtual fist bump for that yes. Cody Burns comment. Uh, that, we don't have time to get on my love of Cody Burns, but that'll be for another day. Yes. Favorite Auburn coach? Coach, oh, man. Um, on a personal level, and, you know, um, I've defended him on Twitter so many times, but just on a personal level, I connect with Gus Malzahn more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, m- you know, Bruce Pearl, I think, has gotten more out of his available talent the last couple of years. Um, you know, Tubby, you know, obviously was very successful. Uh, you know, Joe Champy, you know, I was so young at that point, you know, as much as I enjoyed being around the program and watching those Auburn women's teams, you know, just the emotional connection, the sort of intellectual on top of emotional connection wasn't necessarily there just because I was so young. Um, Gus is the same sort of nerd I am. Uh, <laughs> like we were both Southern Christian nerds uh, who grew up in small towns and loved football. Um, and like, if you remember, and I think we may, Jeremy may have even found the video of, uh, you know, Gus doing the music video thing at Six Flags. Um, if you remember that from a I couple do. of years ago where he, uh, you know, was dancing and doing the little sort of uh, fake saxophone or whatever. Um, I came so close to doing that exact video. I can see it right Flags now. <laughs> one time, like, you know, my friends and I were talking about it. We're like, ah, oh, man, should we do it? And just ultimately it was like, no, it's like too expensive. We'd rather go ride a ride. Um, but like, you know, he has had a very similar life to the life I've had. Now he had actual like football talent. <laughs> like he played wide receiver. Like he could do things on a football field. My football career ended after eighth grade. And it was very clear that like, this was just not going to be a productive use of my time attempting to actually play the sport of football. Uh, and so obviously pretty big difference there. Um, you know, and then of course he's, you know, gone on to sort of devote his entire life to coaching it, this sort of thing, but there's still that like sort of, you know, connection. We're both big cars fans, Kyle. Like I I was, I can't even express like how happy I was to see him say that the cars were his favorite band, like, because they are, they are, they're so good. And it's just like that guy, like if he had grown up, you know, in like Silicon Valley or something, he would be this like um, tech magnate. He would have written some, you know, he would have written Internet Explorer or some, you know, IBM software programming uh, that would have made him like, you know, a billionaire, you know, a couple of times over. But he didn't. He grew up in a small town in Arkansas and fell in love with football, um, you know, and so this has been what he's become. And it's like, you know, that to me feels, you know, not that I would have been, you know, some hot shot, like I'm a writer as opposed to like that kind of not engineering nerd, writing nerd, uh, but still that Southern Christian sort of nerd, I can see it in him and I'm going to defend him, you know, to the death. I, you know, obviously again, have to be rational. I know how frustrating these last couple of years at times can be, but uh, just on a personal level, I want to see that guy succeed because he's a good dude. He is just like, you know, uh, the closest in terms of like a spiritual connection I will ever have with like an Auburn football coach. No Auburn football coach has or ever will again uh, be this exact same sort of kind of nerd that I can see myself in. 
You have scored two points with me now, sir. So well done. Let's see if you can make it a third. <laughs> We're halfway through our rapid fire, not so rapid oh answers. Gosh. Okay, that, I'll be that, more rapid. No, no. Sorry. I see. That's I need to. I need to just start for, uh, pair f- or changing the title of this to rapid fire questions, <laughs> not so rapid answers, because I love this. This is this is exactly what I want. So do not feel ashamed in your explanation. All right. I just want to give All you right. perspective. So sure. question. Seven, your favorite Auburn non-athletics person slash celebrity. doesn't have to be a celebrity. It can be your mom or your dad. Or you, it didn't matter. Yeah. But favorite non-athletics person. Wait, wait, no, I can't say Phil Neal because uh, as much as I love his cartoons, that's still athletics uh, associated. Uh, I'm going to take the easy way out and say my grandfather, again, who was a fisheries professor at Auburn and who is, you know, one of the um, kindest – and hardest working uh, dudes I have ever known. And again, you know, right. we read the Auburn Creed. I, I did not, but an uncle of mine did. Uh, read the Auburn Creed at his funeral. Um, and, you know, when we talk about uh, hard work and, you know, uh, the human touch and all of that kind of stuff, that was the stuff that he actually believed in. Like, it wasn't just like, you know, a set of words that he memorized during orientation. Like, he actually lived a lot of that stuff. And that mm-hmm. meant a lot to me. And, in some ways, like it was, it, it made the creed mean more to me because I can see the way that, you know, um, my grandfather kind of lived it out. I feel like I should have a more creative answer than that, um, but that would be uh, who I would go with. Let, let, let's go with my grandfather, Jack Snow, if you want to, anybody out there wants to Google him uh, hey. and his contributions to the Auburn Fisheries uh, Department. There you go. I love that answer. You know, creativity is not is not a requirement here. Sometimes it's the simplest <laughs> things like that. And it connects yeah. another whole of the Auburn experience, Auburn fisheries. A lot of people don't know we have a great fisheries program. So there you go. Favorite Auburn building, sports or otherwise, your favorite building on campus, off campus. Where does that, either or of those? Yeah. These days, I think it's the Auburn arena. Um, I've been a couple of times and it's, I was there when they uh, beat South Carolina uh, to clinch the SEC regular season championship, uh, you know, two seasons ago, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, however you want to put it, let's say 2018 uh, was the year. Um, And, you know, just the electricity that builds in that building. And I remember people complaining that, you know, oh, well, it's so small. Can they put more seats in it? And it's like, no, like this is the difference between basketball and football, football, is a spectacle like you need the big field you need the 85,000 plus fans you need you know the you know multiple marching bands and you know just as many people as you can possibly get into it because it is a spectacle sport it's 22 guys on the field plus all the other things and the bands you know um and you know you got these huge collisions basketball is not like that basketball is 10 guys on this little court um, and you want everything on top of the players. You, you know, want everything constricted and tight. And, you know, uh, mid-major basketball has always been a big thing for me as well. Like um, when I started the Joker's Car Wash, the plan was Auburn football in the fall and Birmingham Southern basketball in the spring. Birmingham Southern is my undergraduate alma mater. Uh, at that time, they were uh, trying to make it in the lower rungs of Division One in the Big South Conference, maybe make it to the NCAA tournament one day. Um, and, you know, uh, these little gyms, uh, you know, I, they weren't, you know, I, I visited, you know, a couple of little gyms for these smaller division one programs when I was in Michigan, uh, you know, high school, uh, 
gyms in the right places in Alabama. Again, I worked for the Demopolis Times, and I think a lot of people who you know grew up in Alabama and know the state know that the basketball is a big, big deal out in Perry County, out in Marengo County, uh, out in uh, Hale County at Greensboro. Um, you know, basketball is a big, big deal there. And mm-hmm. you'd get these gyms just absolutely packed with people. And that's when basketball is at its best. It doesn't need, uh, you know, uh, these ridiculous domes that they play the final four in, uh, that they play, you know, the re- NCAA regional finals in. That, that, that's not the right venue for basketball. The right, right venue for basketball is a few thousand people crammed right on top of the court. And I'm so glad that that was the route that they went with Auburn Arena. And we have seen the results. Like, this is now one of the best, if not the best, home court advantages in college football. It's happening at Auburn now, year in and year out. And it makes me so freaking happy that I don't have to watch uh, all these other arenas on my television and sit here and burn up in jealous rage that they've got that and Auburn doesn't. Now they're the ones who get to be envious of what Auburn has built. Um, And so for all of that, uh, it's definitely the Auburn arena. However, however, let me say this. If you could come up with some sort of reverse polarity, alternate dimension (laughs) Haley center, that was as good (laughs) as Haley center is bad. Then that would be my favorite building because it would be like some sort of, heaven basically i oh you know my. what's what's the opposite of the haley center i think it might be valhalla that i'm i'm lost for words now after that last little little caveat at the end there that's great here i was about to agree with you on the auburn arena thing but now i love that last one even more <laughs> haley center valhalla didn't think those two were going to be correlated in any way but there you go your favorite auburn place to eat oh man um I've not done a lot of eating in Auburn. Like it's been, uh, you know, I've not spent any real time in Auburn. Uh, I've parachuted in for a couple of games here and there over the last couple of years. Again, you know, I've been traveling around. I left Auburn for good. Let's see, I graduated in 2003 uh, from grad school. So it, it's been quite a while. Um, anyways, I worked at Niffers uh, for a f- not a long time, less than a year. Uh, but my fish is still hanging up there. Uh, if you've been in Niffers. Wow. Um, so I have a little bit of an attachment there. I have not tried acre or the hound or any of the things that usually come up here. So, um, you know, I'm trying to think what would I have done again? You know, we ate at touchdowns back in the day, which is not, I don't, I think it closed a long, long, long time ago, uh, (laughs) from what I remember. So I'm trying to think of something that was around when I was there, uh, and that is still around other than Niffers. Um, and coming up a little bit uh, short. So let me just say, um, you know what, I, I'm just going to say Mama G's. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, is the food good? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but you don't it's come Mama for the G's. food, you come for the atmosphere. And whatever you come that for is. the atmosphere. It's, it's you know, um, you know I, I liked going there. Uh, even when I didn't necessarily think that, uh, you know, I, I knew I could get a better sandwich uh, somewhere else. I knew I could get, but now, of course, I couldn't get Doritos with cheese on them elsewhere. Um, but uh, sure, let's, let's, again, boring answer. You know, I'm talking about Nifford's mom and Jesus. I mean, I, surely I could come up with something more incisive, but um, I, I guess those are going to be my answers for tonight. Hey, you can't go wrong with your mama's love. All right. No. Favorite Auburn tradition? It can be sports or non-sports. Man, the, the eagle circling the stadium 
pregame um, feels like it's a lot older than it is, <laughs> doesn't it? Like, uh, it feels like the sort of thing Auburn's been doing for, like, 75 years, um, even though I'm not sure how long we've been doing it, uh, but it, not that long. Um, but, you know, it just is the sort of thing that, again – pretty much only happens at Auburn. Um, you know, nobody else gets to do that. We do that. Um, anybody else who is doing it did it because we did it first. Right. Uh, and, you know, to some extent, Tiger Walks is the same way. Um, but, you know, again, the majesty of, like, the one bird, that one thing that we're all watching in the stadium of 85,000 people and watching this, you know, you know, frankly, majestic is the best word for it, animal, do its thing uh, in front of all those people is just something I think remarkable and something that other schools just do not have. Um, and I'm going to say the Eagle flight. I love it. Your favorite Auburn memory uh, obviously can be anything and we may have touched on it already, but if there's a yeah. favorite Auburn memory that you have. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would, you know, if I had to pick a favorite, I would say either, like I said, the, the moment of, you know, the comeback being completed, um, the basketball team's Kentucky win right there. You know, there's a moment in overtime where, like, Kentucky missed a shot and Auburn rebounded it. I think it was Macklemore with, like, 12 seconds to go or something. It's like they're actually going to win. Auburn men's basketball is going to go to the final four, um, which is something that just I would not have thought could ever happen. Um you know, you know, in theory, okay, well, maybe, you know, one day, 50 years into the future, we'll have robots, and one of the robots will be really good, and, you know, they'll go to the Final Four, um, but just otherwise, not something you know, that I would have ever expected to happen, um, but obviously, uh, the kick six, um, which we haven't mentioned yet, uh, I How think- How did we go a whole podcast without mentioning the kick six? I, I don't know. Uh is uh, I, I was working that Saturday again. Um, if you go, SB Nation took a screen cap of like what Twitter looked like at that point, and I was trying to tweet the game for CBS, which is a terrible idea. Um, and so their screen cap like is all these people reacting in some crazy fashion, and I'm still trying to finish my tweet that like Alabama had missed the field goal, like just. And, you know, because I was shaking and my head was exploding, I couldn't finish the tweet. And so my tweet, you know, there's a CBS Sports like logo there. And the tweet is like the kick has been missed or something while everybody else is going completely crazy because I'm just trying to like get words out of my fingers, basically. Um, and, you know, finally, like I typed like two tweets and then ran around the room, like knocking chairs over <laughs> and throwing magazines and, um, this has only happened like a tiny handful of times in my life, but it, like I actually felt lightheaded. Like I didn't really understand what the phrase seeing stars meant when I was growing up. Um, but then this has happened a couple of times. Like uh, I'm a big U S soccer fan. Like it happened with Landon Donovan's goal, uh, you know, to beat Algeria in 2010. Um, and it happened with the kick six too, where I actually, like I had to sit down because like my vision was kind of going in and out. and was like a little bit sort of black and like I was seeing stars. Like this is what's happening here. Um, like, you know, again, why do people care about sports? Uh, because that has never happened in any other context for me. There's been no kind of emotional response, uh, physiological, whatever, uh, that compares to something like that. Um, and so, you know, I'll just very briefly mention, since we're talking about the kick six, um, 
I feel like in some ways, even Auburn fans underrated. And, you know, it's, I was in Glendale again, like I was there for that. Uh, I, I saw arms kick, you know, it was obviously an incredible, like just mind blowing experience. I still can't believe it. But if I had to trade one or the other, um, you know, if I had to say, okay, you either give up the kick six or you give up Glendale, I give up Glendale um, because of just, there's a national championship every single year. Somebody wins one every single year. There's only one kick six. There will only ever be one kick six, and it belongs to Auburn. The same way there's only going to be one Bo Jackson, one Cam Newton, and they came to Auburn. Um, there's only going to be one Jared Harper. He came to Auburn. There's only one kick six. It belongs to Auburn, and uh, that makes me really, really happy. I, I don't know if I would say just favorite memory because, again, like I was just sitting here on my couch, you know, trying not to atomize, um, but, you know, ultimately I think uh, – that's my favorite like Auburn play. That's my favorite Auburn athletics moment uh, that has ever happened. And barring maybe uh, an Auburn basketball national championship, probably my favorite one that will ever happen. And I'm totally okay with that. If it's all downhill from here, hey, that's all right. I'll do. Love it. Last one, and I'm gonna hold you to the one. You can explain it, but the I need describe Auburn in one word. Hmm. I, Community really is the one that comes to mind. I'm going to say community. Love it. I, and I think that's a great way. You know, a lot of people like to go to family and things like that. But I think that's another way of describing it that really kind of exemplifies what it means to be a part of this family, uh, this unit, this community. Yeah. So I love that. Jerry, thank you so much for sitting down with me on this podcast to just work through your story and everything it encompasses from writing for the War Eagle Reader, CBS Sports, going to the Navajo Nation, spending some time in Demopolis. We've been everywhere and in between, and <laughs> I've enjoyed every second of it, so thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, it's been my pleasure. Um, you know, anytime basically anybody wants to talk Auburn. Um, again, you know, uh, I like I like our life in Northport, Alabama, but I don't get to just kind of casually talk sports with anybody <laughs> because it could go in a direction I don't really want to go in. Uh, so uh, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I think it's been a fun conversation and uh, a hearty, hearty War Damn Eagle, sir. War Eagle, when we are praying for you, sir, so, so Thank hard. <laughs> Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to e2cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?